Welcome to the Simplify Jesus Podcast. I'm Bill Allen, and this is Matt Gunter. Together, we are breaking barriers through communication. Today, we have a special guest on the episode. Matt, why don't you introduce him for us? Yeah, special guest indeed. We're, I'm excited about getting to talk to Jacob. He is the senior pastor at our church. Um, been there for a little over three years now, I think. Isn't that right, Jacob? Actually, a little over four now. A little over four years. Time I lost flies. a year during COVID, yeah. yeah we all did. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he has a doctorate from uh, Louisiana Baptist Seminary in Biblical Studies and uh, brings a lot of uh, really great knowledge, really good stuff to our church. Um, enjoyed being under him. And uh, Jacob, if you don't mind me asking, how did you uh, first decide to become a pastor? Wow. Well, it was, uh, it was in my early 20s, and Melissa and I had kind of just really started um, engaging deeper. We were both Christians at the time. Of course, I was raised in church. She, mm-hmm. she had a strong uh, knowledge of church life and, and had accepted Christ in, at about 13 and myself about 10. And, uh, but we, we were engaging in our local church better and uh, we're being discipled by my pastor and his wife. And we just started really praying and had no idea it was going to be pastoral ministry and preaching ministry, but mm. just started mm-hmm. seeking the Lord about what he wanted us to do to, to serve more, you know, engage more. And uh, he started making that clear. And uh, I was working for the Texas Department of Criminal Justice at the time and mm. through a lot of prayer and two years actually of praying and God dealing with me after I'd told him I would do whatever he wanted me to do. He'd make it clear. Uh, You're brave. He made it clear and I, and I started running, but uh, <laughs> submitted to the gospel ministry and it's been great. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, we're certainly glad you did because uh, we, we learn a lot from you every time we get to hear you speak up there in the pulpit. So um, for our listeners, as everybody knows that um, this season is all about busting myths about the church. Um, we're, we're focused on the things that we've heard people say um, around, um, I guess, excuses as to why they don't want to be a part of the church. Mm. Um, and today, one of the things that we're busting or one of the things that we've heard is that uh, Christianity, uh, religion in general, um, and the church, uh, they don't want you to think. And we want to show you that, um, you know, intellectuals are allowed in church. It's not all just about um, doing what you're told. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. And so, I mean, uh, Jacob, I mentioned it in the introduction. You've got a doctorate in biblical studies. That that tells me that there is a lot to learn about the Bible and Christianity. What do you say to the person who says just that, that, that the church doesn't want you to think too much? Yeah, there's a lot to say, honestly, but just to try to keep it uh, uh, pointed and simple, um, it's just a misnomer, really. As Christians, we should want people to think. Uh, We should also understand that believing that God is sovereign over everything, the best thing we can encourage people to do is to be thinkers. Uh, People like Dr. William Lane Craig and others Mm -hmm. have encouraged we need Christian thinkers. We need Christian people. And I know so many people who are even in, in secular colleges, but are, are believers who are um, scientists, chemists, a lot of different fields that are, mm-hmm. that are a lot of times known only as non-believing fields, kind of. And mm-hmm. uh, it's good that we get this information out there and let people know that there actually are a lot of Christian thinkers. And I think every Christian needs to be a a thinker 
with our foundation, of course, being God and his word and what does God say? What does his word say about whatever issue we're looking at? I love that you mentioned uh, science and, you know, scientists that you know in secular colleges and, and universities because we, uh, we just, in our last episode, we just talked about how science and God can't work together. Um, we busted that myth, I should say. Um, so uh, I, I love that that got brought into the, this conversation. You know, being being an engineer um, and going through the sciences, I saw a lot of kind of the other side of that equation where uh, professors would take little jabs at Christians and and say things that were, you know, not pointedly like, you know, they weren't pointedly anti-religion or anything like that, but just little jabs that like, oh yeah, you're you know, people that believe this stuff that Christians believe, y'all y'all obviously aren't smart enough. Um, y'all, y'all haven't, y'all haven't thought about this all the way through yet. And, uh, and it's just stuff that I look back on now and I'm like, you, you don't have, what's your explanation for all of these things, which is what, which is what bore out the, the episode 11 that, um, that you talked about that busting the myth that science and God can't exist. And so, yeah, absolutely. There is a whole new intellectual level to the Bible and Christianity that a lot of people haven't figured out yet. They haven't, haven't seen yet. Well, and I'm the yeah. guy here in this group of uh, of the three of us that uh, didn't spend much time in college. I mm-hmm. mean, I went to went to school for music, and um, I was a I was a music school dropout. So, you know, I'm not the smartest guy in the room for su- for sure this time. Um, but um, you know, that being the case, also being a new Christian, um, uh, newish I should say within the last. Uh, uh, eight, nine, ten years, somewhere around there, uh, you know, I'm nervous about talking to other people about God and the church sometimes um, because I'm, not, I'm afraid I'm not smart enough, because I'm afraid I'm not educated enough in the Bible, in the things of Christianity. Um, so I don't, uh, I don't feel like I have definitely not all the answers, um, but not even some of the answers a lot of times. Um, so where, what would be some easy things um, that might not be too overwhelming? Um, that you might be able to say where, where new Christians can study and learn more for themselves. Of course, the Bible, but um, um, that's definitely the first place to start. Um, but what do you think would be another option? Absolutely. Well, two things. One thing I want to back up just a little bit and give a little bit of my background for people that are listening and don't know me. I just over the last several years got my PhD in biblical studies. You know, I'm 43 years old now. This has been an large part of my adulthood, but I grew up in a very rural area, grew up on a farm, uh, was an average student, uh, put a lot more into sports and hunting and fishing than I did. Uh, this study. is why we get along, Jacob. <laughs> yeah, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, if people uh, don't know me, they need to understand that I, I was about as much of your average guy you know, liking sports and hunting, fishing, you know, all that stuff as anybody worked in the logging woods, worked on ranches, worked in Texas Department of Criminal Justice. And when God called me in the ministry, um, I realized that, uh, you know, where Paul told Timothy, study to show yourself approved workman unto God that I need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And Fortunately, had some mentors that just helped me, but this has been a, um, it's been a 20 year journey now for me, you know, and certainly didn't all come overnight. So I just wanted to to put that out there before I, before I kind of speak to your question about, you know, young believers, newer Christians, 
or maybe even somebody like me that that grew up in church but quite honestly i reached my early 20s and realized that while i had all of the basics of my faith in my foundation there was just a whole lot that i had not even heard about you know mm. didn't know and so first thing is that shouldn't intimidate us because the i love y'all's title simplifying jesus you know it all eventually goes back to the simplicity of the gospel hmm. it is great to learn and have depth and all of that but as much as we can ever learn it still has to come back to the simple simple gospel that jesus died to, to save sinners so hmm. one thing is i always tell people if you have one or two verses, John three sixteen, something like that, and your testimony, you can share the gospel. You don't have to be intimidated. That's right. Um, because the gospel stands in its own power. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And our testimony, while people don't have to believe it, they really can't refute it either because it's our testimony. And we can always share with people that Jesus has worked in us to change us. However, resources man, are so abundant um, for us to grow uh, in our faith. Um, you know, the Bible Project, uh, good preachers and teachers, um, you know, find a trusted pastor, get recommendations, because the reality is there's a lot of unsound stuff out there. Hmm. But yeah. good Bible teachers, preachers, uh, websites, uh, Blue Letter Bible is a uh, website that has free commentaries, free information, free Bible commentary.org. Dr. Bob Utley, that used to be at East Texas Baptist University. I mean, those are things that have even up to seminary level teaching in them that are absolutely free. Hmm. You know? And, uh, but yeah, just uh, there's so much out there uh, from the foundational level of the faith all the way up through advanced levels of you know learning deeper parts of the bible and theology and things like that that is uh, some fantastic information to have so i do have a follow-up to that how important do you think it is um, as a as somebody who's not studying to be a pastor how important do you think it is to go deep into trying to understand all of the details of revelation or all of the um, finite um, details that, you, that there are in the Bible that we can never understand until we get to heaven? But how important do you think it is to really dig into that? Yeah. Well, I think, um, for instance, you, you mentioned Revelation, which is a, is a great place to point to, right? Because a lot of people say, well, I don't even read Revelation because... I know I'm not going to understand it. Mm -hmm. Well, I understand that that theory and concept, but the reality is, is if you the the advantage of digging deeper and having good, solid historical, contextual teaching is, if you understand what John was going through, where he was you understand that revelation is not as complex. It, it is complex, but it's not beyond being able to get essential truths from God put it there for a reason. Hmm. Um, and quite honestly, some teachers have um, made it 
more confusing than clear. And I think we can avoid that if we do it properly and uh, understand that there's a lot of figurative language in, in Revelation, especially starting in the fifth chapter, moving forward to about the 18th chapter. But in the 21st chapter, for instance, we get a beautiful view of a summary of heaven, uh, the new heaven and the new earth, you know, the great hope. Uh, so, yeah, there's there is advantage. There's no doubt. Um, while we can share our faith any from the point we get saved moving forward, and we may not know a lot yet, there is no doubt that it is advantageous for every believer to study the Word of God, to understand things like historical context, which really helped me understand the Bible better, you know, that I didn't know before. But as I learned certain historical things that were going on at the times that God was inspiring these writers, I was like, oh, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it, it definitely helps. What a fantastic answer. I love that. Um, and I love how, how um, you just simplified things for me because I had never heard it put that way before as far as going into and understanding where John was at when he was writing Revelation and everything. So, mm-hmm. see, we learn something new every day. Hey, there you go. That's yeah. what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Uh, so, um, jumping into or kind of playing off of that of, of where we can – learn more of course you got a, a formal education and in, in seminary what what does seminary look like what kind of things are you learning and picking up at seminary so you know seminary is obviously geared uh, number one their highest priorities normally are to train people that are called into gospel ministry where it be whether it be missions um, pastoral ministry evangelism but also, you know, um, people that are going to be in the secular world in business or whatever who want to get it. And I've known a lot of these. They want to get a seminary degree so that they can be a better missionary in their secular job field. Hmm. Huh? But it's certainly created so that when you go and, and get a degree, for instance, um, Master's of Theological Studies, which is a degree that I've gotten before, and it the goal of that specific degree, for instance, is to give you a strong foundation in the um, basic theological doctrinal convictions of our biblical beliefs hmm. about church history, um, things like you know, basic theology, what does salvation mean, what does it look like, Um, living it out, things like that, and really practical information, but also understanding things like the historical context of the scriptures. So when we do an Old Testament survey and we go through the minor prophets, we're looking at who were the kings at that point that they were prophesying. What was the timeline? What was going on? You know, what was going on with the nation of Israel? And, okay, this is what God's saying to this people who were doing this and this and this. How does that apply to us now? Because it does always apply to us now, but it can't mean something now that it didn't mean then. Sure. So 
So it, you know, it gives you that background. It gives you um, confidence that you can study the scriptures and gain an understanding of the culture that was going on. Same thing with the Gospels. I mean, mm-hmm. when you study the Jewish culture that Jesus was speaking to, or even the some of the Gentiles that he was speaking to, and you know what was going on, it can help clarify some things for sure. So that's that's one of the things seminary does. This gives you a um, deeper understanding, a good knowledge base to go off of. And then one of the greatest things I've learned is, number one, how much I don't know. <laughs> and number two, how to find out, how to study. You know, you learn the resources, you learn how to study, you learn how to look at the historical context, grammatical context, which is the original language it was written in. And then how do we apply that? You know, how does it work for us today? Is it raining over at your house like it is ours? That's a song, by <laughs> well, the way, but <laughs> it's, no, it's pouring it, over here it's right now. It's booming. Yeah. I hear the thunder now. Yeah. <laughs> Of course, it would start thundering as soon as we start recording. Okay. Um, so we talk a lot about faith in God. Um, does that mean that we shouldn't challenge and learn more for ourselves uh, when we don't understand things? Or should we just chalk it up to faith? You know, oh, I don't understand that. So just, just got to have faith. It's all going to work out. You know, that, that kind of old old adage that, that's been around forever. Yeah. No, I, I think it's absolutely important that we look to the Word of God and and then in learning how to study the Word of God, try to enhance, ask the Lord to help us, give us wisdom. That's what James said, right? If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, and God gives freely without respect of persons. So God um, has given us his Word so that we can have understanding. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Um, Knowledge of the Holy One leads to understanding, the Proverbs tells us. And so, yeah, we're to seek and ask and knock. Are there things, you know, that Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 certainly apply to, where it says, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge Him and He'll direct your path? Sure. Are there going to be times where, we look to the Word of God and we realize the answer God is giving us is wait or um, trust me. <laughs> yes, there's going to be those times. But uh, but there's so much also that we're going to miss if we just say, well, you know, I don't think I can understand it or or I don't think I'll be able to find the answer. So... I'm just going to have faith. Well, faith, the, the faith that we have is a faith in the God of the Bible. Hmm. The Bible is his love letter, his instruction manual. It is the way he has given us to know him. And so if we don't dig into it, then we're limiting how we could grow our faith and understand God better. Hmm. That's good. Yeah, I love that. Um, so, uh, we, we've established that, that you're, uh, very educated, you're a well-rounded pastor. We've, you know, we both enjoy, uh, your sermons on Sunday morning. Something I'm always impressed with, um, 
is that it feels like whoever walks in that Sunday, that they're going to be able to get something out of it, whether they've never been to church before in their life and this is their first exposure to it, or you've been a Christian from day one and grew up in the church and you're 90 years old and been doing this your whole life, uh, that there, there's always something, uh, something that everybody can get out of it. You know, when just for curiosity, I mean, as, as podcasters building out this content, this is as much for us as for anybody, but when you're building out these sermons, is it, are you considering, you know, who you think is going to be there that Sunday, like on a Christmas and Easter versus your average Sunday during the summer? Um, or is it, uh, do you have a specific audience in mind or, or kind of what's your, how, how do you prepare for that, for, for who's sure. going to be there to receive it? Sure. Yeah. So multifaceted answer. And, and so this one may take a few minutes, but it'll be good. I mean, <laughs> um, so there's, so there's two parts, right? You have the audience, you have the speaker. Um, and I would say most Sundays, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about, okay, who am I going to be speaking to? Because I pretty well know kind of what the makeup of our church is, but I also know we're going to have a certain number of visitors. We're going to have some people that are traveling. In other words, I, I, I kind of get used to the mix that's mm. fairly consistent a week in and week out. And the goal week in and week out for me anyway, and I think for most pastors obviously should be is two things. You want to feed the sheep and you want to present the gospel if there's lost people there. Now, that can be challenging, but the Holy Spirit certainly and the Word of God are certainly more than adequate. The challenge comes in to me as me being human is to making sure that I'm submitted to, to the Lord's will and His Word mm-hmm. so that I do both, right? Mm-hmm. So that I feed the sheep and help them grow in their faith. But as Billy Graham said, and something that always stuck, I also want any 13 or 14-year-old person to be able to hear and understand the gospel Mm. and respond every time we speak. So, you know, trying to balance that is uh, something we have to be conscious about. There are times, uh, you know, Jesus, obviously our perfect example, the apostle Paul and others, you do consider your audience. If I go speak somewhere else, you know, what's the culture? What's the subculture? The message isn't going to change, but the illustrations I use may change a little bit if I'm speaking to senior adults versus you or whatever. And so you consider those things. And then sometimes like your Christmas, your Easter, those special times when you quite honestly, and, and I don't I don't say this uh, in a condemning or judgmental way. I know sometimes, you know, uh, in 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 the church we can kind of joke about the ceos the christmas easter only you know um <laughs> and we do it lightheartedly and we certainly don't mean ill by it because we want people to come we mm-hmm. want if hey if christmas is the one time you're going to come the one thing i want to do is present the clear gospel right. that jesus christ came to this earth lived out per- perfection died on the cross for us right and so yeah at christmas and easter Definitely, you put more of a focus down on the uh, very clear, simple truths of Christ coming to earth, dying for us, being raised from the dead, 
so we can have eternal life. And you do consider your crowd a little bit more at those times. So, but yeah, week in and week out, it's really, you know, you're, I consider myself a text-driven or expository preacher. So what I want to do is whatever part of the Bible the Lord's leading me to deal with, I'm supposed to take that section of text and I'm supposed to explain it and I, to where people can understand what's going on with it. I'm supposed to illustrate it where people can have some sort of a mental picture of what the, what it means. And then I'm supposed to also help us apply it, right? What does it mean to us now? How do we live it out, right? And so that's normally the goal. Um, it's very humbling to, to, to hear you say that, that you get some of that out of it because we often feel like we miss the mark. <laughs> balancing. But, you know, just to throw in a little bit of a seminary, you were talking about seminary. So one of the basic things that they teach you, if you take a preaching class, an expository preaching class, for example, is that very thing. You deal with a section of text. You don't preach at a group of people. You don't necessarily preach on a topic. You take the text and you preach what the text is saying. Hmm. And that will keep you in line with God's word. And so you're supposed to explain it, illustrate it, and apply it. And so that's that's the goal. I like that. That might actually be helpful to us in future episodes. Uh, we're not, uh, you know, certainly not claiming to be preachers, but we are, you know, I, and I guess if, if we were to compare ourselves, we're, we would be more of topical because we're taking things, mm -hmm. you know, situations and we're, and we're adding biblical text to it and our own opinions, of course, because um, we certainly don't claim to know, um, you know, much of anything really, but uh, we, we don't claim to know what a, uh, what a pastor who's, who's uh, got a PhD, for example, in, uh, in theology and biblical studies. Um, but um, we're trying to make well, sure that... Said, yeah, sorry to interrupt, but no, that said, it's, it's not to say that there's not a place to discuss topics in context of how the Bible applies to them. Mm -hmm. It's just for me, Sunday in and Sunday out, most Sundays, um, I don't need to be aiming at topics. In other words, I don't need to be um, just preaching on gossip. Right. I need to be preaching a text of scripture. And if the scripture touches on gossip, then I need to say what the scripture says, you know, yeah. but there are yeah. times, there are times to preach on biblical manhood, biblical womanhood, biblical sexuality, you know, family. There's certainly times for topical, but um, if you do the Bible and um, if you go through the Bible and you, you do expository preaching, you're going to get to all that eventually anyway. So. Well, and I'll say for me, it helps because I'm able to, you know, right now we've been in First Corinthians for a while mm -hmm. and I'm able to remember that because, well, we've been in First Corinthians for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, where are we at? First Corinthians. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just, a, it's on repeat every week. And, and at first when I started uh, uh, being a part of those kinds of sermons, it was kind of like, really? Corinthians again? Or whatever it was at the time. Um, and, but I, I can say this, I think when we joined the church, Originally, a couple of years ago, you were in Acts, and I wouldn't know that if you didn't spend so much time on it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. um, so I, I, I like that that um, kind of works that way. Sometimes Corinthians will repeat itself, and that's a good thing though because yes. it helps us to internalize it. 
Right, because then then you start to understand the context because you're talking about every week, hey, this church had these kinds of issues going on. And remember, we hit on this. So, And now you can look at the next piece of the puzzle that applies in the context of mm-hmm. what the church was going through at that time and apply it to today's life. So it's, it's a, it's, yeah, yeah, I see what you're getting at. It, it helps it to stick because you can see the bigger picture. Right. Yes. Yes. And I will say, even when I, I know when I was a younger believer, it would have been more difficult for me. It, it took me a while to appreciate the walking through letters uh, and books in the Bible but once, if we can help and encourage even young believers or even non-believers that are skeptical to hang in there, they'll realize, wow, this is um, this was a letter back then. They didn't have chapter and verse, mm-hmm. and dealing with the issues systematically and in a consistent manner. And and like Matt, said, it does help us. It helps mm-hmm. us realize how much it we need to deal with things and how much we need to be uh, looking at things on a consistent and sometimes continuous and sometimes seemingly redundant manner. But if God does it that way, it's because we need it. (laughs) That's right. Well, and you bring up a good point too. You know, uh, we talk to our, our, our focus is geared towards people who don't go to church because of the different misconceptions they might have about it or, you know, just the things they've heard over the years Um, or, in in our first episodes we said well you know some of these things that you believe about the church uh, they're true um the church is wrong but but you know help us to fix that and and don't shut it out because of that um but one of the things that you just made me think of is that if you don't go to church regularly um you may not ever learn that the bible's full of letters and and different things like that it's not just a book that's meant to be read cover to cover um, it's meant to be studied. It's meant to be uh, seen for what it is and kind of, kind of needing to know that historical um, information on it to know that Paul wrote these letters to this church. I, I think I, it was just a few years back when I realized that Corinthians was named after the church of Corinth. You know, so, um, that, and I learned it in church. It's kind of hard to learn that stuff if you don't go to a place where they teach it. Right. Yeah. So, well, and, and honestly, if you don't, you know, if you don't dig into it the way we have been and you're a new believer or you're not a believer, but you want to kind of see what the face all about. Um, if you don't understand how messed up the Corinthian church was, <laughs> and the only way to understand that is to to spend some time in the book and see all of the different issues that Paul, that God inspired Paul to address, then you might not understand how to look at the church today because we have a lot of the same issues right right yeah Yeah. that's for sure that's for sure so with all of that being said fantastic stuff i love that um with all that being said though how can we make sure that we are um i want to say always but how, how can we make sure that we're we're in tune and getting the most out of every sermon um or within that question um if it is my focus wrong um, if I'm always looking to get something out of it, um, or should we, should we be looking at the church as, as less of it's all about me and I'm going to come and soak up all this information, uh, or more, is it, is it supposed to be more of something else? Uh, yeah, yes and no. Right. So <laughs> if you come to church, if, if I go into a service, um, 
we just had a re-engage conference, for instance, and mm-hmm. Mike, my brother Mike was preaching, so I was I was out listening. And if, if I go in there and I'm like, okay, Lord, you know, I really need some some encouragement. I need a boost. Um, you know, I need to feel good. Well, God understands that, but the best way for us to get that is to say, okay, God, what do you want me to get? Hmm. And if we go in saying, God, I want to get what you want me to get and not, oh yeah, God, get those other people. And yeah, God, get (laughs) if we are focused on what the Lord is saying to us through his word, through his messenger, uh, through his spirit, then it's okay to say, I want to get something out of it as long as we're wanting to get what God wants us to get. Uh, too many times, though, we can go to church and say, well, I didn't really get anything out of it. It may be because the preacher did not preach the word clearly or sometimes even hardly at all. Or it may be that we went already uh, with a preconceived idea about what we thought we needed instead of just seeking God for what he knows we need. And that that's the biggest point, right, Bill, is that we go into it praying, God, help me get what you want me to have today. And I believe as long as we're opening the word of God and we're listening to it, uh, he's going to give us that. If we're seeking him, he's going to give us what we need. Absolutely. If our need and our desire is help me be more of what you want me to be, help me get what you want me to get. Um, so Bill mentioned it, that, you know, our, our focus with this podcast is talking about the church and, and it's in our tagline, you know, we're here to break barriers through communication for people that, um, maybe, uh, grew up in the church and have fallen away, uh, more like I did. And then, uh, trying to come back or if you're like Bill and you didn't grow up in the church, uh, whatever your background may be we want to break that barrier and invite people to come into the church can be a part of it, uh, be part of making it what Jesus intended it to be. And, uh, there, there are some people though, that believe in Jesus, um, claim to be Christians, but maybe they don't see the need to go to church, uh, especially, you know, we're a year and a half in with the COVID pandemic and, uh, people who have fallen away, maybe haven't come back yet. What would you say that would help them understand the need of the local church and, and being a part of that body of believers? Yeah. Well, um, first disclaimer is, is obviously with COVID, if people have legitimate health concerns, really have legitimate, um, say, for instance, an immune deficiency disorder of some type, we certainly, I mean, praise God that we have the video, praise God that we have guys like you two guys that work in our sound booth, and, you know, the Lord's using your gifts to make it possible for us to still minister to those folks. But let's just speak to that, you know, having given the disclaimer of of COVID and health, Let's set that aside for a moment and say, okay, now what about all of us who are pretty, you know, we're healthy. We don't really have any reasons not to go except whatever the other reasons are, right? They're not health reasons per se. And for those, and I've, you know, 
this is not a new thing. It's addressed in the scriptures. It was going on back then. It's going on now. People will say, well, yeah, I believe in Jesus, but I just don't feel like I need to go to church. Or as a pastor, I've had this said to me uh, many times, more than I cared to hear. Well, I can be as good a Christian um, not going to church as old deacon so-and-so or member so-and-so that goes every Sunday down there to your church. So what do we say to that, right? I, I, that's the question. I want to clarify. That is that is kind of what we're speaking to. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, cool. So <laughs> so the first, and, and I will be the first to say, there was a couple of times I was raised in, in going to church every Sunday, Wednesday nights. My grandfather was deacon in, in our church. You know, we were committed, um, and I'm thankful for that. But there were a few times that, during my life for different reasons that there were periods that I didn't go faithfully. Right. And I found myself kind of making some excuses and what the Lord has shown me through the years is, is number one, it's not about the other people. It's about what he wants me to do. Hmm. Number two, as I'm sure y'all have said many times, there's not a perfect congregation. There are no perfect people. That's why we all need to be there together is because we all need to be forgiven. And uh, God has called us. He set this whole thing up to where we need community and to where he calls us to community. And he said in Hebrews, for instance, don't forsake the gathering together of yourselves as some do, but gather together more as you see the day of Christ approaching. Mm -hmm. We need each other and we need fellowship. We need to learn how to forgive other people. We need to learn that God has forgiven us, that he'll help us forgive others, help us forgive ourselves. Um, iron sharpening iron. We need the gifts of the body. I mean, for instance, if y'all weren't there on Sundays for the YouTube feed, I couldn't preach and control the YouTube and Facebook live feeds. Oh, you so, so then the gospel, <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> then the gospel proclamation is hindered. And we talked about 1 Corinthians, and one of the things we see in 1 Corinthians, say through the 12th through the 14th chapters, but especially chapter 12, 11 and 12, every part of the body is important. You know, even if you just have a deficiency in one small member, you know, I had a pastor, he's going to be with Jesus now, but. Uh, he had some influence on me early in my adulthood, and he had lost his ring finger working construction, but he loved to crappie fish. He said, but every time I'll reach down in that minnow bucket to get a minnow, he said, about 50% of the time, one of them slips through the hole where that finger is not there anymore. And he used that as a good illustration for, for the church needing all of its members, and uh, and we all need each other. You look in the early church, um, at the onset of the early church, after Jesus ascends back into heaven, seated at the right hand of God, what did God lead them to do? He led them to gather together for prayer, for the study of the word, fellowship of believers, taking the Lord's Supper, strengthening each other. And so really, to be lovingly honest, while I do understand that people have been church hurt, I get it because churches aren't perfect. I do understand that there are hypocrites per se at church, 
but to kind of spin that around, we're just as hypocritical when we're staying out of church because we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing either, you know? And so it's kind of of the pot calling the kettle black when we do that, right? (laughs) That's right. We do need each other. That's what it boils down to. God knows we need each other. So it honors God for us to gather together because he's told us to do it. And then it helps believers for us to gather together because he's told us to do it. You know, everything's not perfect anywhere else we go. You go to Walmart, it's not perfect. You go to your favorite food restaurant, sometimes it's not going to be perfect. Do you quit going just because it's not perfect or you had a bad experience one time? No, you keep going back, you know, and church should be the same way. We're supposed to be forgiven people that forgive people. And in doing that, we're supposed to be following the Lord and gathering together. So good. Such good stuff. That's right. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, that's, um, I'm, I'm excited to, to have uh, had that perspective uh, because honestly, I've been trying to come up with a way to say all that. So thank you for <laughs> saying it for me. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> love I've been it. through it a few times, personally and personally. Yeah. Praise yeah. God, he brought me through it, and he's got me in, in a place where I love the, the Lord's church more now than I ever have. And You know, it happens to pastors, too, by the way. Uh, it, it Pastors can get burnt out on church. Hmm. It, let's just be honest and real. Uh, when we get burnt out on church as pastors, it is also because we've taken our eyes off of Jesus and put our eyes on either our feelings or imperfect people that have hurt us when our eyes need to be on Jesus. And as long as we keep our eyes on Jesus, we'll love him. We'll love the church. We'll love his word. And we'll want to help other people realize what the church is supposed to be. Love it. I love it. Well, after this, uh, this great conversation, uh, we're about ready to wrap up the podcast. We're going to jump into our favorite part of the show. The outside looking inside looking out. Outside looking in is my perspective, and wow, what do you say? Um, that's a lot of awesome information. Um, but I think um, I've I've learned some new things here today. Just having this one on one with Pastor Jacob, and uh, um, I would have never known this uh, type of information had I not started going to church. You two guys have a great, uh, it brings a really good perspective because of your two unique experiences. One having been very much involved in church, the other having had different experiences and and not been a lifelong Christ follower, but a more recent Christ follower and understanding some of the imperfections of the church. Is the church perfect? Absolutely not. Only Jesus is perfect. But is the church always maybe as off-putting as some people want to make it out to be? I really don't think so, especially if you will seek out a Bible-believing, Jesus-loving fellowship. It may take a little while, but if you seek it out, I believe the Lord will lead you to it. And I think that's a fantastic um, uh, insert to my outside-looking-in perspective because, um, you know, I mean, it's a good time maybe to remind everybody that um, when— we had come together to do this podcast. Um, this was a 
long-term struggle for me um, because I was one of those people that thought the church was off-putting, that the um, all they wanted was their money. There was nothing but hypocrites. It was, you know, all of those reasons that people talk about. And I've wanted to share that. My, my story coming from the now inside looking out, I'm not trying to steal your, your spotlight there, Matt, <laughs> but I wanted to share my perspective on that side of it. Um, uh, but I was really having a hard time getting that information out there, trying to figure it out. I wanted to write a book. I wanted to, I thought about a podcast. I thought about um, just all kinds of different things. Um, but it wasn't until Matt and I got together uh, and we're talking eight years later um, that we were doing a morning Bible study together and we got to talking about some of this stuff. And I said, hey, wait a minute. Why don't you write this book with me? And he agreed to work on it with me. And we haven't got that far yet, but we're still thinking about it. Um, but he came back a, a week or two later and said, why don't we turn it into a podcast? And, um, you know, it was a no-brainer. So here we are now, uh, you know, two seasons in, wrapping up our second season. Excuse me. And, um, um, you know, it's been... It's, it's been um, just eye-opening the kind of information we've been able to put together um, with a couple of different interviews now and uh, both of our perspectives it's just been so much fun so um, you know again and I'll go back to the beginning my outside looking in perspective while some of the things we've talked about over the last two seasons um, while some of the bad stuff is there it is true it's not as bad as you think it is and if, if you're scared of the church for, for all of the issues it has, come be part of the solution. Don't be part of the problem by sitting it out. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and from the inside looking out perspective, you know, I think the thing that really gets me about this topic and, and why I'm so glad we got to talk to Jacob today is that there is so much depth in the Bible um, that you're never going to learn it all. You're never going to fully understand it. You're never going to be done grasp again and uh it's a it's truly a living document and that every time every time you open it there's a message for you there's something there and so for for the person that may say well the church doesn't want you to think too much they just want you to have this blind faith and trust god it's all going to work out it's just not true um and if if anything like jacob mentioned earlier God wants you to get to know him more. Um, right. He wants to deepen that relationship. He wants you to dive in and learn more and more. And, you know, I can't remember the reference, but uh, it says somewhere that, you know, we'll never know the heights and the depths of the fullness of God's love. And, and it's true. We'll, we'll never fully understand it. Um, you know, the fact that he sent his son to die for us. And that's the beauty of it is as much as there is to learn and as much as there is, as deep as we can get into it, it really is. It comes down to the simplicity of the gospel, which is God sent his son for us to die for us so that we could have right relationship with him. Yeah. And while we talked about how deep we can go into Christianity and how much there is to learn, the message of salvation is really a simple one. We've, we've uh, coined Romans 10.9 as a memory verse for this season. Uh, we said, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's really as simple as that, that if you believe that Jesus came, he died and rose again, uh, lived a perfect life, and he did all of that for you because he loved you enough uh, to do it. And in response to that, you confess him as Lord. You say, I can't do it on my own. I'm going to confess you as Lord and do it your way. 
that's all it takes for salvation. Um, we're going to encourage you if you if you want more information about that, go find you a local church, go find your local Jacob, uh, <laughs> and and go go have those conversations. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Shoot us a note at info at simplifyjesus.com. And uh, we'll see if we can hook you up with some resources, get you some more information on that. But if you've got questions about it, don't wait. Um, go go have that conversation today because your salvation is too important to wait. That's right. And this is the part where we close things out. And Jacob, I can't tell you how, um, how much I've enjoyed uh, visiting with you on all this stuff. This has been amazing. Um, uh, I think your the responses that you've had have just hit absolutely home to um, exactly what we're trying to do here, um, That's right. and you know, trying to spread the gospel while while trying to show people that the church is not a big, bad, scary place. Um, that uh, you know, everybody's welcome, and and all they need to do is show up. Yeah, and if you go to one that is a big, bad, sp- scary place, then just come visit us, and we hope you'll feel different. There you go. We tell people that all the time. If you find the perfect church, don't go. You'll screw it up, first of all. Second <laughs> of right. all, um, if if you find one and all they're doing is asking for your money or, or, or things like that, you need to run quickly. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> there, are some, there are some churches out there that aren't great, but there are a lot more good ones. That's right. Yeah, absolutely, guys. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Hopefully I'll get invited back. Absolutely. We oh, can't wait no for doubt. It. We can't wait for it. We'll, we'll come up with some even tougher questions for you next time. <laughs> Uh, well we just want to thank uh, everybody for joining us uh, in this conversation with Pastor Jacob today Uh, hope you enjoyed it as much as we did learning stuff new stuff Uh, as I mentioned earlier if you uh, want to shoot us a note shoot it to info at simplifyjesus.com we would love to hear from you whether it's feedback or you have questions or want some more information Uh, we are always open to that you can find us on facebook linkedin instagram twitter youtube is a new up and coming thing for us that we're doing some cool stuff with so be sure to check us out there if you need the links for any of that all of it is on our website at www.simplifyjesus.com thank you everyone for listening and we will talk to you next week Take care.